Rachel Amaday, and you are listening to the Spiritual Exercises Podcast. Um, Thank you for being here. What a blessing that I get to do this every week. And to those of you who are paid subscribers, um, I have had a few less posts than I regularly do the last few weeks, mostly because I couldn't create a lot of music in the last few weeks. I've had a cold that has just been sitting on my vocal cords, making it very difficult for me to create. But I am back at it. I've been working on something really gorgeous for about three weeks now, and I'm excited to finish it today and share it with you all. It's kind of unique. Um, and as usual, we will also be having kind of a political edition this week, uh, as well as whatever else comes along. I tend to get to listen to a lot of amazing teachings and teachers, and I'm getting to share more of that with you all. So thank you for listening. So today I wanted to touch on two different things. We are entering into the holiday season. Uh, One of my favorite national holidays in the United States is Thanksgiving. I think this is just a wonderful concept that we would go before the Lord and thank him that we would have a time of gratitude. And this year, I feel like if you have food on the table, if you have shelter over your head, if you're still breathing, you have a lot to be grateful for because there has been a lot of death, destruction, and loss in the last few years. So we have so much to thank the Lord for this year. Um, but then we're, we're also entering into kind of the Christmas holiday season. And you know, Listen, I I harp on this in my book. I talk about the history of these holidays, the actual biblical reality around some of them. There are other great teachers out there that talk about this. I don't want to harp on this this year. Um, number one, I think this is the wrong year to be divided. I don't want people fighting with each other. I think we have got to start uniting as believers. We've got to love on each other. And we should study scripture with humility together. And so um, if you want to know more, I'll, you know, go read my book. But here's what I do want to say around this. Every human being right now, today, on the earth, I mean, pretty much everybody is acting out their lives based on what they think they should do, based on their own convictions, based on what they think is right or what they think they deserve. Every single one. I mean, you can't deny that, right? Everybody, everybody does what they do based on their own ideas. The question is, are they doing right? Are they doing rightly before the Lord? We as believers are not unique in this regard. You know, we're all like, well, I I really am committed my life to the Lord. I'm doing this because I feel like it's right. So does everybody else. So that's not unique, right? The problem is, what if we're wrong? Are we willing to admit when we are wrong and where we have gone astray? This is really hard, especially for Americans. I find that we have a need to be right. It's almost like it gives us value. And so we have a hard time admitting where we might be doing something wrong. But the problem is that's how everybody thinks. That is not unique to us. So, you know, when I question mainstream Christian beliefs, I often get the response and it goes something like this. Who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than Luther or other church ancients who studied scripture? You know, it's this question of how dare you question what so many people have said was right for so long, and who are you? And it's coming from this place of they think this is prideful. 
And I am always baffled by this because it literally took gut-wrenching humility and crushing for me to read the Bible differently and see the God that's actually in it. And I had to actually give up things that I was attached to. It was really hard. So interestingly, my perspective, you know, I, I watched myself, I questioned myself, don't do this out of pride, you know, do this because it's good to teach others and bring them into biblical understanding. It's a blessing to obey Adonai. But I didn't come to this perspective due to wanting to be right. It was actually the opposite. So my question is, is popularity really a good test of truth? You know, how many Hindus exist on the planet? How many Muslims exist on the planet? How many ancient cultures practiced Baal worship? Just because it's old, just because it's popular, just because a bunch of old people did it that we respect does not mean it's right. Just because it's what we've always done, even though it's not what we've always done, let's just be honest about that, it doesn't make it right. This just means we're following the same patterns peoples throughout all generations and cultures have followed. Most people don't want to question the narratives that we have culturally because it can be destabilizing. It can be upsetting. It can cause friction where we aren't ready to contend with friction. But it doesn't mean we are doing what is right. It just means we are being incredibly human. I'm not always right. There's no way I could be. I'm a human being, right? So I've learned that when it comes to my walk with the Lord, I have to answer an important question. Am I doing what pleases God? Not about if it pleases me. Does it please Adonai? And I think about this. God sees all of time at once. He can see the babies being sacrificed to Molech in the ancient world at the same moment that millions of abortions are happening in our modern times. He can see the people being put in the fire at Halloween time in the ancient, you know, pagan cultures while we dress our kids as ghosts and witches on Halloween in 2022. He can see the worship of the many gods throughout all cultures near the winter solstice while we decorate our Christmas trees. So you have to ask, what does he think about it? It does not matter what you think about it. It doesn't matter what I think about it. We worship God, God alone, right? Aren't we interested in his thoughts on these things? And we come to him with all sorts of ideas. I mean, we're human beings, right? Hey, God, I want to dedicate this to you. Hey, God, I want to give this to you. Hey, God, I've made this day holy because somewhere I've, I was told that I could, and here it is for you. But God can look back at the same moment and see the history of these things. What does he think in that moment? Aren't you curious? I think the problem is we keep asking the wrong question. We ask each other what the meaning of our church traditions are. We go to the church fathers, the Catholic history, the many sages who celebrate it as we do, but we forget to ask, Lord, what do you think about this? And then we forget to give him the space to answer and to give him space. What that means is your ego can't be taking up all the room, right? You have to push your ego out of the way for him to have the space to answer you properly. 
So I don't, again, I don't want to harp about the holidays this year. I want to be in unity with my brothers and sisters in Christ. If you'd like to know my full opinion on the upcoming holiday, you can read it in my book. I'm just going to ask you if you've really asked God and really sought the answer of what does God think? The Bible tells us you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That wholeness in seeking cannot include a need to be right or an egomaniacal approach to justification of all the activities that the modern Western church practices or calls traditions. We need to get better at asking and listening. And I think we need to get a lot better at it because I believe the times require it. Okay, so I started with the the sad uh, section, and now we're going to move into something, hopefully, that will change your thinking today, even right in this moment, and moving forward. And, and I have been applying this in the last week or so, and I have to tell you, I have had so many incredible days where I spent time in this mindset, and it changed my day, my perspective. I heard from the Lord differently. So I want to give you this little piece of hope, okay? But be warned, there's going to be there's going to be some of you who are going to go, "Ooh, this sounds a little too spiritual," okay? But I want to talk about co-creating your life with God. Now, co-creating your life, it really does. It sounds like a Tony Robbins, you know, theme for one of his events. It sounds like a spiritual guru talking to you, but it is this concept of co-creating your life with the Lord is right here in scripture. Okay, so let's go to Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Okay, your heart, by the way, and I explain this in my book, in scripture, your heart and your mind are kind of one. It's it's really your heart is your thoughts, where you're spending your mental time, how you are um, engaging with the Lord in that space. That's really what the Bible means when it talks about your heart. So this verse is pretty much saying, guard what your thought life is like. Guard it because it's the source of life's consequences. Think about that line. This is the source of life's consequences. This is basically telling you, you're creating your life from what you're thinking. Here it is. This thing that we've got these new agers and these spiritualists abusing, I re- and we're going to talk about how it's being abused um, in kind of this spiritual guru realm, but the concept really is right here in scripture. You are creating your life out of your mind and what you're thinking, Okay. So let's go to another verse. Philippians 4, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Okay, so Paul is instructing here that your mind matters. Your mind's time should be spent in what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. And then the verse ends with the concept of putting that goodness into practice. That if you're thinking about those things, then that will be the outpouring of your life's work. Okay? Nothing's going to be put into practice that is not first thought about. 
it from bid, right? You first have to have information before you can have anything happen in the material space. Your mind is creating that information that you are going to create in the material space. So we have some power here. Our minds, if they're rightly aligned with the Lord, are powerful tools of spiritual change, and they can produce something in our physical realities. Now, even if your mind is not aligned with the Lord, your mind is going to produce something in the physical reality. I mean, how about the almost around 365 verses, there might be a few more actually, but 365 verses that say, do not fear. The Bible tells us this because fear is a poison to the mind and to the believer's ability to walk in faith. This lack of faith affects our behaviors and it changes our ability to minister. It changes what we do, doesn't it? If you're afraid, you make different decisions than when you are fully in the love of God. That's just a fact. Fear, it actually, the, uh, you know, when they study the brain, fear actually shuts down your brain's ability to logically think. Stress does this as well. So people who are highly stressed out also tend to be less organized. They tend to be disorganized. You know, things are chaotic if you're living in stress, and that is all a product of your mind. So here's this concept. You are co-creating your life with the Lord. Now, I think the Lord intersects and interjects to help us. You know, when he, when we're his kid, um, I think God will break through kind of this quantum field that's taking place at times. And I know he's done that for me. He's done miracles when I could not have, I could not have thought of a miracle for my own life. God has done miracles for me. So I know he does this, but I also know my mind It has a great contribution to the situation that I'm in. So there is a quantum field. There's a lot of science around this. They, They don't really fully understand it, but there's a lot of science that says your observation of a space changes the space, your mental output, what, where you are in your, um, basically your frequency. Now I'm a musician. I'm a big believer. Frequencies have major power. Okay. I know what music can do to a room. I know how music can change the emotion of a person. It can, and it can unify people in a space. There is power in these frequencies. And so you have, you also make your own music basically. And your mind, it has an electrical current. Your heart puts out an electrical current. So you're engaging in all sorts of levels in the space and atmosphere and the spiritual realm in ways you cannot see, but that can be perceived. And that is co-creating your life with the Lord. Okay? Now what the spiritual gurus tend to teach this spiritualists out there, um, and, and here's something, here's a mistake I have made actually with this in the past. They, they talk about, well, just think about the life that you want, right? And just sit down and, and think about it and be in this space where you're just open to anything and, you know, just let, let things flow through you and you'll attract what you want to your life. And guess what? People have success doing this. Guess what? This happens for people. And guess what also happens? They attract something that they actually didn't want, that actually isn't good for them, that might actually be detracting from the life God has from them because they're just thinking about what they want from their own selfish perspectives, from their human perspectives. This concept does exist. 
And this is why I think the Bible says it rains on both the just and the unjust, right? Um, Blessing, you know, monetary blessing comes to the just and the unjust. You see a lot of really wicked people get a lot of money, get a lot of power. And who are they getting it from? Well, they might be getting it from Satan. They might just be able to be successful and have created a really smart product, whatever it is. What they've set their mind to, they have achieved for whatever reason. Okay, so this exists for everyone. It's kind of like one of the natural laws. But God has said, align your mind with mine. That is how you will walk out the plans that God has for you. And, you know, here's, the, here's kind of the hard part. Those plans might not be what you think you want. I mean, think about the lives of the disciples. They're beaten, they're, they're torn apart, they're martyred for the faith. They are facing difficulty at every turn. They keep their joy because they have the Holy Spirit. Were they living out God's destiny for their lives? Absolutely. In fact, I believe that the Bible verses that kind of imply this theory of election are really just talking about the disciples, that from the beginning of time, God had chosen these particular men to be around Yeshua when he walked the earth to fulfill a particular call that only these men really were going to be able to do. These were the guys for whatever reason. Jesus was picky about who who he chose to be his 12 because they were the ones who would fulfill the call of spreading the gospel at such a difficult time and through so much pain and hardship. They fulfilled God's call on their lives. They were living out these principles, but their lives looked really challenging. Okay, so if they had just gone after money or power or fame, you know, They might have been able to achieve it, but would they have been remembered through all of history? No. Would they have spread the gospel? No. And so I think believers, they get really nervous about some of these concepts of, you know, you're co-creating your life with the Lord, but God gives a lot of empowerment to humanity. He, He wants us to take care of each other, right? He actually talks about how amazing Moses is for praying on behalf of the people against what God has said he wants to do. God says a couple of times, hey, I want to destroy these people. They're awful. Moses is like, you can't do that, right? And Moses is going on behalf of the people. He loves the people, Right. And and he's he's doing something that I, I think even we as believers were a little uncomfortable with. We're like, wow, he's really arguing with the Lord here um, or he's he's defying what God has said he, what he wants to do. But it's a good defiance. Right. It's it's a holy and righteous prayer. And God loves that. Um, and think about the empowerment that Moses had from that, that God, that Moses aligned himself with the heart of God when he did that. But he's literally going to God and saying, no, you can't destroy these people. Here's what will happen if you do that. That's not who you are. That's not who you said you are. And God, because he loves the relationship, he loves how Moses knows him, he agrees. Okay? Is this God manipulating Moses in that situation? Is God controlling Moses? Is God telling Moses he has to do that? I don't think so. I think Moses had free will decision to make that choice, to make those prayers, to go before the Lord and argue with him a little bit. That's on that's Moses. See, that's our relationship, the very meaning, right, of Israel and relationship with the Lord is to struggle with God. 
That very, the very meaning of the term tells you God is not micromanaging you. He's not forcing himself upon you. He's, he's not a rapist, basically, you know, and, and any conceptuality of a God who would force you to do things is not a God of relationship. That's a God of control. But we know God is about relationship and relationship only happens in a free will uh, choice situation. It is why even Adam and Eve had a choice. They were not forced to stay perfect. God said, you can choose perfection or you can choose death. He laid the choice before them. They chose death, okay? But make no mistake, they had a choice. And they were put as high priests over the garden. They were caretakers of a space. They were co-creating, right? They were cultivating. This is a part of who we are. So here's the deal. You want to do it according to God's will and his way? Think on things that are noble, true, lovely, right. Spend time in the Bible. Spend time listening to the Lord. Pray, walk with him. And when you let your mind stay in that space with God, I promise you, your day, your day is going to improve. Stop worrying. I feel like I have to tell Christians this and myself this every day. Stop worrying. So I I talked about this at a recent prayer night. I really believe, so God, you know, we just talked about at the beginning of this podcast, God can see the end and the beginning, right? Do you know God, when he looks at the timeline, he can see his victory in the end. He can see the fulfillment of the perfection that he is going to bring. We can't see it, but he can. Now, here's what happens. I think when you awaken into um, the kingdom of heaven, when you're born into the kingdom, when you accept Christ as your savior and he kind of starts to unplug you from the matrix, so to speak. I believe God reveals in his word to you his ultimate plan for you, which is victory, success, and not according to the world, success in that you are made whole in him. You don't even, you don't need anything. He's got it. He's 100% providing for you and he can see your victory and he wants you to see it and he wants you to live in the memory of your future. He wants that to be where your mind resides. That peace, that wholeness that God already can see in the future, it's available to you right now. Now I know, again, does this sound like a spiritual guru? Yeah, maybe, but think of how much more powerful these principles are when you align with the God of all things who has control. You are not good enough to be God. That's the problem with the spiritual gurus. They put you in charge of your life. And let me tell you, you're going to attract crap into your life you don't want. That is a fact. You're going to you might get a bunch of money, you might get that company, you might get that power, you might get that love life. And guess what? If you are out of alignment with the Holy Spirit, It is not going to bring you the peace and wholeness that you are seeking. You are going to continue in your wrong-headed worldview. This principle is meant to be applied with God at our side. Let God dictate to you what he wants from you today. 
let me tell you how beautiful this has worked out for me. I've had a lot on my plate lately, a lot of things I could be worried about. I think I talked about this in one of the last podcasts, but I, I decided to have some kitchen table time with God every day where I sat down. I said, Lord, I invite you into this space, sit in one of these chairs next to me. I just want to talk to you. And you know, when I invite him to tell me how to think, he changes the layout of my whole day. And guess what those days are like? They are filled with peace. They're filled with joy. The worry goes out the window. The time comes in. I get the things. He, he, I let him give me my to-do list for the day. How cool is that? I let him make the to-do list. And those are the things I focus on and I get done. Can I tell you how good that has been? What I want to encourage you today, what I want you to live in today is hope. You have the ability to have hope in the Lord right now, in this moment, no matter what you are facing. God wants you to remember your future in Him right now. and Embrace that future with your whole heart and your whole mind. And in this way, you can co-create with God the life that he wants you to lead. And even if and when it's hard, you're not going to lose your joy or your wholeness. And isn't that what people are really seeking? With all of this seeking of fame, fortune, love, whatever, what people are really looking for is wholeness. They want their spirits to feel right. They don't want to feel lacking anymore. And you can be lacking with billions in your bank account. Believe me, I know people who have been. You can still be lacking. You can be lacking. You know, you might be married. You might have a lot. And you can still be lacking because you haven't gone to the Lord with your need. You haven't let him fill it. And I think one of the best ways I've noticed that God fills my needs and gives me that spirit is when I remember the claim of my future in Yeshua. And it's good. I want you to be encouraged by that today. I want you to live that out. Listen, the stuff I'm talking about today, it is scientific. You know, you start to go study the quantum field. You see how God has laid things out in his universe. They are miraculous. It is unbelievable. And then when you see that it does match scripture, it's unbelievable. But be careful, be careful with this incredible power because if your mind is on matter instead of on what is true and noble and lovely and right, if your mind is on power for you instead of glory to God, I just know you will attract things into your life that aren't actually good for you. They're not actually right for you. They're not aligned with the Lord. So what you want to do is take this understanding and give all glory to God and let him have that space. And be at peace. Be at peace. Be in shalom. This world is not. This world is in chaos and fear. And I see a lot of Christians who are conservatives living that chaos and fear out because all they share all day long is the bad news. So we got to share the good news. Hey, your future is victory. And you're not the one who's going to do it. God's going to do it. Be at peace. Be educated. Share the truth but be at peace. Keep your joy. 
And for those of you who are going through really hard times right now, I get it. And I'm with you. I understand. I love you. I would love to pray for you. Send me your prayer requests. Let's share the burden together. Let's help each other out. You are not alone. And your future is victory in Christ. Hang on. Don't forget. Don't abandon his ways. Look into what he wants you to do. Ask him today. God, make my to-do list. Tell me what you want me to do. Be with me. Put my mind on heavenly things. I promise you, it's going to change your whole life. Proverbs. Proverbs. Guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Amen. I got to say amen because I'm ready for the day now. I hope you all are too. Blessings to you today. If you have any questions, ideas, thoughts, uh, pushback, I am, we're open for the conversation. I believe Substack is now also doing chats. So we could chat. Um, and if you like this, Substack, share it with somebody. Uh, I am trying to grow this thing. This is hopefully how I'm going to be able to... Um, support my family going forward and be able to share the gospel with others and be able to build a ministry. So I love y'all. Blessings to you. Thank you for listening.